What a good God we serve. And that was awful weak. What a good God we serve. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have uh, uh, been ministering out of uh, John 10 for at least a couple months now. Of course, coming at it from different angles each, each week. And I'm going to do the same today. Of course, being uh, Thanksgiving week as far as the holiday Thanksgiving. So usually I try to take a little bit of opportunity during those times to talk about a thing called gratitude or thanksgiving, praise God, which we're going to go ahead and do that too, praise the Lord. And uh, so let's look at our key verse, praise the Lord. I uh, um, want to thank you all for coming. My, my folks are here today, praise the Lord. So I got I to gotta be at my best behavior. Are you? Well, that's cool. There was a time in my life, I don't know that they were so uh, excited about having me, but I came, around, I came along uh, sort of okay. Oh, I said I came along sort of okay, right? Perfect. Oh, my mom. Well, mom always says perfect. Dad didn't answer, but, but that's pretty normal. Hallelujah. It's okay. Okay, so we're glad, grateful to have them. They came uh, all the way from Nebraska, praise the Lord. And by the way, my team actually got a win this, this week, praise the Lord. That's, that's amazing, praise the Lord. So uh, I guess I, I could be happy just from that. I can, re, I can be thankful just for that, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's look at our key verse here today. The thief. I mean, oh, there's a thief. Uh, the enemy always is, you know, trying to sneak in, right? Come on, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill and destroy. That's what he does. But I've come, Jesus said, that's who's talking here, I've come that they may have life, amen, and that they may have it more abundantly, praise God, amen. I like that abundant stuff. How about you? Let's look at, uh, let's look at a couple different references here. Let's look at, this is the uh, amplified reference. It says, the thief comes only, I like that, see, that's one of the, he comes, that, you just have to understand, you're, that's what the thief does. You know, the thief is never here to be your friend. The enemy is not, you know, here to somehow, you know, just, you know, let you know how much he loves you and appreciates you. And come on now. The thief is always here to what? Steal, kill, destroy. That's what he does. And he's the kind that if you let him in, uh, you know, you let him in the car, he's going to be driving in a few miles. Come on, somebody. You let him in the house, pretty soon he's moving you out of the master and he's, he's moving in. Are you hearing me? He will come and take everything he can. He don't stop with just a little bit. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, hey, I came. Why? Well, that you may have what? Life, right? He says in this one, enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Praise God. Now, how many know we probably should enjoy this life? You know, we make it say, you know, sound or make the statement many times, you know, a lot of Christians don't look like they're having much fun when it comes time to the things of God. Look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. You know what I mean? And we're called to have, not only have life, but enjoy this life. And that's another reason I like this translation on that, right? And then it says, to the full till it overflows, praise God. Let's look at one more translation. Uh, this is the message translation. Let's see if we got it here. You got that? <clears throat> Let me pull it up. If you don't, that's all right. Praise God. So the message brings out, talks about that you can have a real, says a real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed. Hallelujah, you ever dreamed of. So a real and eternal life. Everybody say eternal life. Eternal life. Now, uh, we have to bring this out every time, at least maybe it's just my 
uh, the way I do things, I guess, and I always feel like i got to teach on everything, but um, eternal life. Uh, how many know eternal life doesn't start when you get to heaven? Right? I mean, most people, when you hear the word eternal life, their mind runs to heaven. Someday when I get to heaven, I'm going to experience eternal life. Eternal life, according to Jesus in John 17, verse 3, he said this. He said, this is eternal life. He defines it. This is eternal life, is knowing the only true God and, and the one in whom he sent. Talk about himself. Amen. Hallelujah. So when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, when you received him into your life, that began a thing called eternal or perpetual life. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Now, the word life, okay, the Greek word zoe, okay, which means absolute life or pure life. It means a life that's absent of death, darkness, and the curse. All right, so Jesus said you can have a life that's absent of the curse. You can have a life, amen, a pure life that's absent of darkness. That you can have a life that's absent of death. Anybody hear me today? Right. Amen. So this is a life that you, you can have. But we've been finding out over the last several weeks, uh, talking about this thing called life, that there are things that come along and aid or help or make sure that, that you're given opportunity for this life to manifest in your life. As well as darkness, where the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy, that you can open a door and let him in. Look at your neighbor and say, not here. Look at your other neighbor and say, not today, motor scooter. Huh? Well, you know as well as I do that, uh, you know, there's all kinds of ways. You know, a thief, I, never, I noticed a thief doesn't necessarily always come in the front door. In fact, most times they don't. Nowadays, everybody, they, they got the things up there, the doorbell, and they'll watch you. But a thief will what? Sneak in the back door or sneak through a bedroom window. Come on, somebody. And uh, so you have to understand that even though you may think you're shutting the front door, but if you got the back door wide open or you got your bedroom window wide open, that the enemy sneaks in. So we've been talking about all the different ways that the enemy can sneak in. And we're going to talk about some of that even today. And so what I want to do today is we're going we're to jump into the old covenant for just a little bit, and then we're going to come back to the new covenant here. Um, and uh, what I want to do is talk about a little bit about the children of Israel uh, we touched on them a little bit last week, but I want to talk a little bit more about them. And the word's real clear that, that their lives, we're supposed to look at their lives as examples. I mean, things that you can learn from them. Uh, types and shadows, the scripture also says. Uh, it says that it's their, uh, what we see and learn from their life is for our admonition or our instruction. Amen. We learn some things. There was some do's, some don'ts. There was the good, the bad, and the ugly. Aren't you grateful that the scriptures talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly? Right? Come on now. So we can learn from these things, right? So what we're going to do here, uh, let's first go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, okay? A common text. I even briefly touched on this uh, verse, you know, a couple months back on, uh, when we were dealing with some of this in the very beginning. Chapter 30, and what we have in context going on is uh, the Lord has uh, instructed um, the people about the difference between the blessing and the curse, between life and death. And he makes this statement, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. In other words, I've, I've laid it all out now. You ain't going to be able to come back later and say, well, I didn't know. Or you're not going to be able to come back later and say, I, you know, I, I, nobody told me. Right? He said, no, listen, I've laid it out. 
I've laid out what? The blessing says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Why that, that they said, therefore choose life, even tells you what to choose. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Amen. Let's read verse 20. He said, and he kind of says, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice. Everybody say, obey his voice. Right? He's always talking, community. That's something we've been kind of focused on a while back here. And that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days. I like that, how he distinguished the difference between the two. He's your life, and he's also given you and promising you long life. There's two different things. So long life, in other words, how long you live, but he also says he is your life. In other words, amen, he's your all in all. Are you still with me? Amen. And that you may dwell in the land or the promised lands he's talking about here, which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them, which is promised to all of us. Now let's back up to verse 19 again. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness to uh, this day, right, against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Amen. So here he is. He's, he's laid out, you know, life, explain what life and death, the blessing and the curse. He laid it out there, right? He's telling you, now listen, uh, here's life. Here's death. Everybody go boo. Life. Death, okay, blessing, Yay. cursing, uh, throw tomatoes, uh. right? Now, the blessing, curse, um, you know, chapter 28, he defines it. The whole chapter is made up of that. Uh, you're blessed when you come in. You're blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed, uh, you know, in your fields. Uh, the word says you're blessed in your home and your seed. And uh, he says that, you're, uh, you know, that when the enemies come at you one way, they're going to flee seven. They're going to be defeated before your very face. He says that everything you lay your hands to is going to prosper and succeed. Praise God. Good promise, right? You're going to be the lender and not the borrower. Praise God. You're going to be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. Praise God. All of it good, right? Then he goes, curse. You know, he only does like, you know, 14 verses that define the, the blessing, but then there's about 50 verses that define the curse. And everything he's got in there, he, he starts listing health issues, family issues, marital issues, financial issues, business issues. Come on, somebody. Now, he lays it out there pretty simple. So, this is the blessing, this is the curse, this is life, this is death. Choose. Life. Why? Well, it affects you that both you and your descendants may live. In other words, it not only affects you, it affects those around you. Amen. So it's a good thing to choose life. Now, he says to choose life. Now, we're building something here today, but we've got we to gotta talk about this. Choose life. Look at your neighbor and say choose, will you? Now, the word choose, as you, you know, look it up in the Hebrew, it just means to select, to decide, determine. But here we go. It, it, it slide, it, here's what it refers. Resolve, resolute, to be settled, to be fixed on, to fix your aim on. Are you still with me? Everybody say resolution. resolution. Amen. Now, choosing, what he's dealing with here is not just a 
you know, a momentary selection, but rather a resolution, a purposeful resolution that you're settling something. Sometimes the problem that people have, and I'm talking about Christian folk, they never just settled it. See, if I just said, okay, blessings. Blessing, curse, life, death. See, momentarily everybody goes, ooh, nobody wants the curse. I mean, if you stack the two up, there ain't a person out there. I mean, they could be even half-witted. And they'd say, well, that'll look better. I like the blessing. Blessing just sounds better. Blessing look better, Right? Right? See, momentarily, nobody would disagree with God, what God's saying about choosing life. The problem is we forget about it about half the day gone by. We forget about choosing life. Instead, we make another choice, and so we make decisions, and we do certain things that opens the door wide for the curse to come slap us upside the head. Are you still with me? See, momentary selections, you know, is not really what he's dealing with. He's dealing with more about being resolute. That I'm going to settle it. Some of the things in my life and my wife's life, as we grew in the things of God, some of the things that, that happened, we, we got resolute about a few things. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to live. We give. We serve. We help. We preach life. We preach truth. Come on. We don't back up. We move forward. Well, I want to quit. Forget it. I want to back up. Too bad. We move forward. Right? We were resolute about some things. And so as a result, praise God, 80% of the battle, at least some of these things, were settled because we had already made a resolute, purposeful decision, amen, that we're not backing up. Come on, so we made a choice. Are you still with me? Now, there's always still pressure. There's always still things where the enemy comes and wars against your decision. But 80% of the battle's done because you made a resolute choice. You determined already, this is how we live. Amen. Now, you still got to stand your ground and resist your enemy. Amen. Take a stand. Make your declarations of faith. Amen. Hallelujah, walk this thing, walk it out like you mean it, praise God. Oh, yes, we got to do all of that, amen. But it started with a resolute, purposeful choice or decision that I refuse to do anything other than serve God. I choose life. Later on, Joshua, you know, of course, later after the first generation kind of messed it up, Joshua comes in after they already went into the promised land, divide up the land. He said, all right, we got to talk. Took all the leaders, come in. He said, here's the deal. You can make a choice right now. You you and your whole household can serve God, or you can back up like your forefathers did. It's your choice. But I have made a resolute choice as for me and my house, we're serving God. So if you ever come over to my house, you know one thing, they serve God. Amen. You ever get around us, you know one thing, we serve God. 
Amen. So he, he made that, he made that uh, statement to them. And they all went, oh, man, <laughs> Joshua, what are you talking about? He says, I'm just telling you right now, if you don't settle it, you're going to waver. Oh, we would never waver. Read the book. That's, they go through the whole spill back and forth. And he just said, I'm just telling you, if you don't settle it, you're going to waver. Still with me? Aren't you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? I'm not boring you today, am I? All right. So let's take a look at this for a minute because he lays it out, you know, about making a choice. So let's go back into chapter 28. And we're going to go to verse 47, verse that we've used multiple times. This is in the middle of talking about the curse and all this mess out there that goes on. Now, we're not, you know, we're, we're not ignorant to the fact that there's all kinds of pressure going on. We're not ignorant of the fact that there's problems out there. We're not ignorant to the fact that the enemy has had a heyday with some things. Are you still with me? We're not ignorant of the fact of how life can be. Out and out, out in the public, out there, we're not ignorant of the fact of what what some what some things can be and happening in our nation. We're not ignorant of any of that. But all we're doing as children of God is putting before you that you have a choice to make: choose life or not. But get off the fence. All right, make a decision. So he says this concerning the curses. He said, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Okay, this was one of the problems. They did not serve God with joy. Look at your neighbor and put a smile on your face. Smile real big. Say, with joy. And it says, and with gladness of heart, which the best way you can break that down is gratitude. Okay, gratitude, all right, for the abundance of everything. This was a serious problem for the children of Israel. And I've come to say today it's probably a pretty big problem in probably a lot of our lives, okay, because we don't, we're not grateful. We're not, we have no gratitude for all that God has done. Is there anybody in here saved? Anybody going to heaven? That was about half the crew. We better do an altar call. Anybody grateful they're going to heaven? Okay. Is anybody in here grateful that they're actually still breathing? Just a thought I'm having. One time we took our youth group on a whitewater rafting trip. Wonderful fun. And uh, it was fun. And we got to the end of the where it was, and there was this waterfall thing that, that not everybody wants to necessarily take their raft over. But we thought, hey, it's there. Let's conquer. Right? That's what we do. And so, you know, a bunch of us stayed in the raft and shot out over that deal. And, and uh, somehow we caught a rock just wrong, and we came down to blunk and shot everybody, catapulted everybody out of the raft. We're all wet. And uh, so um, 
you know, we're out there swimming and, you know, making sure everybody, you know, gets to shore and all that kind of thing. And, and then, you know, just kind of out there, and I'm just making sure they get there, they got there, everything's great. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working my way back to the shore, and I did something they said never do. So I was dang, had my feet dangling down there, and they said, never have your feet dangling, but get your feet up. Well, I think, well, that's a silly rule. So I made my own choice. <laughs> Left my feet dangling. So what happens? My foot gets caught, and I get sucked under. Okay. Well, at that moment, I realized breath is a wonderful thing. I'm thinking, it'd be good to breathe right now. And I was under the, you know, it seemed like eternity. I'm sure it was just a matter of, you know, a few seconds probably. I don't know. But it seemed like forever to the point I'm losing. I mean, I'm, you know, you kind of get in that little bit of panic mode and you're like, this ain't good. And I don't even know if anybody knows I'm still in here. Right? And all of a sudden, you know, I'm literally thinking to myself, well, maybe this is it. I, I'm just, that thought hits you, you know. But all of a sudden, I, I somehow got my foot free, came to the top, amen, and grabbed breath and thinking how wonderful it is to be able to breathe. <laughs> right? See, there's all kinds of things you can give God praise for. The word says, set your mind on things above, right? Set your mind on that which is good and noble and just and lovely, perfect, of good report, anything praiseworthy. Hey, meditate on these things. Why? And the peace of God will be there, praise God, right? So, but you got you to set your attention on that kind of thing. Amen. When we talk about things like gratitude or thanksgiving, all right, it's all based on what you choose to focus on. That's a choice. And you have to choose life every day when it comes time to things like that. What are you going to sit and think about? What are you going to meditate on? Are you still with me? Now, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's go to Psalms. Let's go to Psalms um, 78. I like Psalm 78. Uh, Psalms 78, please. And talking about the children of Israel, remember, he said to them uh, that you're to serve the Lord. Because, he actually said, because you didn't serve the Lord with joy and gladness. Amen. Gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Because you did not. All right. They had problems because they did not have gratitude. Still with me? Psalm 78, verse 40 says, How often they provoked him in the wilderness. I have to read that just so you know what we're talking about. And, he grie and, and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, how many want life and not death? Want the blessing, not curse? Come on, right? Hallelujah. You want the abundant life and not where the thief, you know, coming in, stealing, killing, and destroying. How many want that? Well, here, here it is. You can actually limit God. 
Well, how, 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 no, not God. Yes, you can limit God. They limited God, and what they did becomes an example for you and me to learn for our own instruction and admonition. Amen. What did they do that limited God? Well, the Word says they did not remember. They were not mindful of His power, or His hand it also means, the day when He redeemed them from the enemy. When he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field, his own, it goes on, talking about all the things that he did. They got delivered out of Egypt, and how soon they forget. Are you still with me? Psalms 106, let's go ahead and maybe read that now. We'll throw that in, and then Psalms 106. In verse 24 and 25, it says, And they despised or refused or rejected, they did now, they rejected or despised the pleasant land, what was promised. They did not believe His word, but what did they do? They complained in their tents and did not uh, heed the voice of the Lord. Now we can go, New Covenant, Old Covenant talks the same things, talking about uh, how the children did not enter in because of their own disobedience, their own unbelief, their own murmuring, griping, and complaining. And he says this, if that happened to them, why do you not think it wouldn't happen to you? Right? So let's, let's just take a look at them since they're, you know, there for an example. So they get delivered out of Egypt. All kinds of great things happen. They come out. The Word said none feeble among them. Somehow they even had a miracle healing service or something. Not one person came out sick. Uh, they, uh, the word even says that their shoes didn't even wear out. I mean, my goodness, that's, uh, what a miracle. A lot of times stuff like that, your shoes don't even wear out. All right? Uh, so they go, and they, they, they're heading off, and, and then the Lord's leading them. They come to the sea. You all saw the movie, right? Charlton Heston, right? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And, of course, Charlton Heston's just a stud. And, uh, you know. Looks good and sounds good and made a great Moses and, and, and he did a great job of it, right? Uh, uh, but, you know, he's telling the people, you know, that God's going to deliver them. And the word in the scripture says then he turned and God said, why are you whining? Now, Mo, uh, Charlton Heston just refused to do that line and that part because Charlton Heston don't whine. Anyway. Moses whined. Now, we don't know what he said, but all I can figure is, you know, he turns, you know, to the people, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. They're standing in front of the sea. And the enemy's barreling down on them. The word says that, that Pharaoh had 600 chariots barreling down on them. 600. So I don't know how many horses, maybe, maybe they all just used two horses maybe. You know, Ben-Hur, they had four. Right? It just looks cooler, right? So let's just say there was two, but it seems cooler to say four. Horses on every chariot. We got a man standing here. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And they're going, yeah, right. Right? So Moses turns and probably just goes, what are you doing to me? And what God says, stop your whining. 
said, lift up your staff and lift up your hand and split the sea. Told him to do it. And he did what he said, and he looked pretty cool. Right? Nobody else behind him knew he was whining. It was just him and God, right? Come on. Everybody had those moments? Oh, you liars. Come on now. We've all had those little whiny moments. Become this little whiner baby. Come on, call the ambulance. I mean, you know, right? Come on, we've all been there. Come on. And uh, so he's having a whiny moment. All of a sudden, he does what God says. The sea splits. Praise God. They all cross over, it says, on dry ground. So that was a miracle, right? Right? Because where I came from, if you go out in wet ground, you're going to be a few inches taller in a few minutes because of all the ground that sticks to you. Right? But there, somehow it all, he dried it. They all went through. They get over the other side. Here comes the enemy. And what happens? They all get panicked. But what happens? It closes in. Their enemies are gone. Egypt has never been the same since. So, you know, Miriam goes ballistic on her green tambourine, right? My green tambourine. Okay. Um, anyway, so she has a blast with her green tambourine, and they sing the song of victory, and then they said, all right, it's time to move out. Hey, how they go. They come to some water and somebody tries it and they go, oh, it's bitter. Oh, the word says they complained. God says, you see that tree over there? Yeah, cut it down, throw it in the water. Huh? Throw it in the water. They throw it in the water. They take another drink. It's sweet. God is so amazing. He delivers us from Egypt, delivers from our enemies, opens the sea, closes the sea on our enemies, makes bitter water sweet. But I'm hungry. There's a, you know, a word that's used a lot when it describes the children of Israel. It's a word called complain. They complained. So he rains manna from heaven, bread from heaven, manna, which the word manna means what is it, Right? Come on, most of us remember this. So they, if stuff falls in the morning, or they get up actually in the morning, and they got manna laying everywhere, so they pick it up, and they, you know, they look at it. What is that? I don't know. I don't know. what. So they just talk, what is it? Let's eat it. No, you eat it. No, you try it. You smell it. Right? <laughs> well, they've never seen it before. So somebody finally tries it, and they say, not bad. So they make manna bread, manna burgers, manna... And they eat it. And then the word says they didn't even just, they, that, wasn't, that wasn't enough for them. So, okay, so you have manna in the morning, enough to feed everybody. Now I'm going to have uh, herd, or pardon the herds, but uh, flocks of quail come through, 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 right? And every night they had meat. Every morning they had bread. I mean, you'd think, woo! So what do they do? 
Oh, I'm thirsty, right? Word said they complained. And they kept saying, it would have been better if we were back in Egypt. Wait a whoa, time breaks. Hold it. Didn't you want God to come deliver you from that? See, remember, he says, choose. Choose, will you? Stop being wishy-washy and back and forth. Choose. So he says, you want water? Fine. They strike a rock. Water comes out of a rock. I mean, there's a, there's a point being made here. God's saying, do you really think that anything limits me other than you? I can make water come out of a rock. I can make some tree Cause bitter water to be sweet. I can rain stuff down from heaven to feed you all. Cause birds to flock through there every day at the same time so you all have enough. But they whined. They complained. Well, come time to send spies in the land. We see this in Numbers. And they go in. They come back. They said, it's just like God said, except, oh, man, they... They're big, and the cities are fortified, and I just don't know. We, we might be risking the lives of our families. And the Word said they all began to complain. I look at your neighbor and say, I think there's a point to this message. They began to complain. And that was about the time he said, enough is enough. Scriptures were very clear, as you get in Deuteronomy, that they, he called them unto himself and said, Come, worship me here at the Mount, Mount Horeb, amen, the Mount of God. Come worship here. And when we're done, he said, We're going into the promised land, which the scriptures make clear, an 11 day walk that turned into 40 years. Those 40 years was never God's intention. The 40 years were to represent the 40 days that the spies went into the land. Are you still with me? The point is, was they made choices that they shouldn't have made. As a result of it, they experienced things that they were never supposed to experience. Same with you and me. Whining, griping, complaining, belly aching about things all the time opens the door for the thief to come in. Opens the door for the curse. Opens the door for the enemy to come take and ransack your life. Are you still with me? Let's go to the new covenant. And let's look at Colossians, if you will. Now, I will remind you um, that in Psalms, when it talked about them complaining, it said they complained in their tense. See, a lot of times we think, well, as long as nobody else hears me, as long as the pastor doesn't hear me, <laughs> as long as my fellow parishioners don't hear me. He said, you know, you know, they came, they literally would come out of their tents every night when they saw Moses heading to the tent of meeting. All right, and they would stand there, and they would have a moment of worship, but then they would go back in their tent. So when they come out here, everything looked good. They went back in, not so good. They complained in their tent. 
because it's what they focused on. Now, you know what? Let me define complain. How's that? Let's do that. Okay, complain. Now, I think most of us kind of have an idea what it means. But the word complain means to grumble, means to voice displeasure. Anybody ever been displeased? We're not even denying the fact that things go on that bring displeasure. But when you begin to voice it, because you're focusing on it, that's when we cross the line. See, we're not denying that there are things out there that bring displeasure. But your call as a child of God to do something about it and not just gripe about it. Anybody ever been disgruntled? Dissatisfied? Anybody ever been unhappy? Irritated? Annoyed? This is all things that if you meditate on it and then give voice to it, it, it taps into complaint. Okay? We're not denying the existence of any of those things that do those things to you. But what we deny is it's right to control our lives. Are you still with me? And when you start giving voice to it, you're letting the devil in the back door. Still with me? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Verse 17 of chapter 3 of Colossians says this, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. One translation, I believe it's the message translation, says thanking God the Father every step of the way. I like that. So what's he talking about? Well, let's back up here. Verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, I'm in chapter 3 of Colossians, verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, talking to you and me, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another, everybody say one another, and forgiving one another. Everybody say one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, everybody say another. You notice there's a little bit of a thread here, of, you know, common thing going. Amen. Even as Christ forgave you, you also must do, right? Above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Now, you back up and you think about this. Um, how many know not everybody is always really easy to work with? Now, I know it's none of you. But boy, those other people, those people that didn't come today. <laughs> yeah, those people. <laughs> yeah, they're like impossible to work with. <sighs> Have you ever worked with people that they just didn't see it your way? I try to look at all of you. He always stares at me when he does that. Staring at all of you. Amen. We've, we've all had people that we didn't necessarily get along with. We all people that, that didn't, didn't, you know, just didn't see it like we see it. They just didn't agree with us when they shut up. Right? Their opinion was different. And mine's always right. Right? So these people, it says, well, you got to bear with them. I'd like to bear hug them. No, bear with them. Amen. Right? Come on, right? What else does it say? Forgive them. Oh. If you knew what they did, if you knew how they said it, and what they, forgive them. If you have a complaint, 
If anyone has a complaint, and you may have a complaint. You may even have a legitimate complaint, right, against another. Even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. goes on to say to put on, amen, the, the bond of perfection, which is love, amen. And it talks about the peace of God coming in, amen. And then it goes down there and saying, whatever you do in word or deed. He hasn't changed the subject. He says, you're gonna, there, there's things you're going to do and things you're going to say. And you're going to have to, you, you're better off to get your mouth working for you, not against you. Stop complaining and start giving thanks. Well, it's hard to give thanks for that person. Well, okay, let's, let's look at another scripture. Let's go to uh, next book over, 1 Thessalonians. Let's look at that. 1 Thessalonians. And uh, verse five, or chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything, give thanks. Everybody say, in everything. Yeah. Didn't say for everything. It said, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I always love that verse because there's a lot of times you have the question, am I in the will of God or not? Well, are you giving thanks? Well, yes. Okay, well then, at least in that area of your life, you're in the will of God. That's a good thing, right? But what's he talking about? So you back up here. Let's go like verse 15. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. Then it goes, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So you think about this. Well, somebody did something to me. Well, yeah, it happens. Well, they, I, I want to get even. Well, it's probably not a valid, you know, it's, it's not a good choice. Because, uh, you know, getting even just means all you've done now is throw the door open for the enemy. Well, the, well, somebody needs to, well, you know, I've, I've just kind of learned that when God does it, it seems to work best. It's just the thought I'm having. Now, granted, that doesn't excuse the fact that sometimes there needs to be correction, there needs to be things. We can go through verse after verse after verse that deal with that. We understand that. But it's talking about, man, getting even, retaliation, resentment, all these kind of things that come out of stuff like this. So he's saying, listen, you do that, you just open the door. So he says, in all of this, see, there's stuff that goes on. In the midst of it, there's always something to give God praise about. Got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. There's always something to give praise about. Well, let's let's look at let's look at some of this. Let's go to uh, Romans. Let's go to Romans one real quick. Still with me? Hallelujah. Now I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read a piece of this, but I think you get the gist of it. Let's go to verse twenty one. It says, because although they knew God. Okay, so he's talking about people, they, they, they obviously knew God. And the whole thing in context, talking about you can just look around and see God everywhere. And it's talking about people now who knew God. It said, they did not glorify Him as God. Come on now. Nor were thankful, but became what? Futile or vain or foolish in their thoughts and their foolish hearts. Then were darkened 
Here we go. Professing to be wise, they then became fools. These are people that know God. So when they be talking about the world, the world don't have a clue. But we as the church know God. And we forget. So what happens is when we forget and we, lay, we put our attention on every negative thing and focus on all the junk, what we're doing is we're professing uh, that he don't know what he's doing. We're limiting him. We've opened the door for the enemy to come in and ransack our households. Now, it's a good thing you came today. Amen. I'm glad you came. And, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, as even that little video clip said, you know, it's not just about a day, but it's about a lifestyle. And uh, this particular group of people he's talking about, they knew God, but they were never thankful about anything because they, 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 did, they refused to focus on what they should focus on. And so as a result, it began to adjust their thoughts. Come on. Readjust. It would start to affect their heart, their core, their center. Okay. Cardia, which is talking about the core, the center. And that's the, the part where all, everything comes out of the heart of man. So it starts modifying the way you think and see everything. It starts modifying your lifestyle. Everything comes out of the heart of man. Good, the bad, and the ugly. So now you're, you're sitting here focusing on the junk long enough to the point now your way of thinking is always going down that road. We're always depressed. We're always negative. We're always whatever. And it affects the heart. Everything then begins to come out. And you might think, well, I know God. I know this. I know that. Professing to be wise have been now become a fool because of what you give your attention to. And it ain't long out the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. Here comes the complaining. Still with me? What, what good does it really do to complain? And when you stop and think about it, I mean, you might for a moment feel a little bit you know, like you've got something off your chest or, you know, maybe you, you got to, you know, give somebody a piece of your mind or something. And, and uh, you know, there was like, like maybe that momentary, you know, it's, like, it's really like an addiction. You know, because if you don't watch it, it becomes now your way of thinking, and all you ever see is the negative, all you ever see is the bad, all you ever see is, is the, uh, the, the, the worst of everything. Come on. And it starts filling the heart, and pretty soon out of your mouth comes words that only bring harm to you. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. Those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, if all that comes out of your mouth is death, Guess what? It ain't long. Now you're going to experience it. You've opened the door for the curse. Speak life. So it's going to be based on what you set your attention on, your focus on. And we're talking about children of God here. We're not talking about the world. Okay, okay. Let's uh, go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're wrapping her up. We're, we're, we're kind of on the downhill side here. Somebody says, praise the Lord. Yeah. Hebrews 13. 
Verse 15 and 16, Therefore, by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. And he explains what it is. That is, okay, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a sacrifice of praise. We're talking about the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. So he's talking about something coming out your mouth. Amen. Come on, giving thanks, right? The fruit of our lips, the fruit of our lips. So you can't just say, I have a praise in my heart. I don't, that, that's not valid. It needs to start there. But the word even says, out of the bunch of heart, the mouth should speak. Come on. So if you got praise in here, it should be coming out your mouth. Now, this is going to benefit you. And you, some may say, well, I, it's just hard for me to do it. That's why sometimes it's a sacrifice. Because that guy did this to me. Well, the last thing you want to do is think about how I'm going to get even. Or think about how bad I always get ripped off and I always get abused and everybody always mistreats me. And Go back to your tent. Well, welcome to the wilderness. How's it doing you? You having fun? I hate that too. You're going to have to shift it. You're going to have to change it. So how do you do it? Well, you, the fruit of your lips. You're going to have to say, I mean, it doesn't matter even if you start off, praise the Lord. Somebody says, well, I don't know if that's really valid. It's better having that come out your mouth than, oh, I hate those people. Oh, I hate this country. Oh, God, I can't stand being married. Oh. Boy, that just edified everybody around you. That's when you start saying, praise the Lord for my spouse. Praise the Lord for my church. And today, praise the Lord for my pastor. <laughs> Somebody said, mm, okay. Well, you just, you got to start somewhere, right? I mean, I praise the Lord, I'm saved. Praise the Lord, I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord that, hallelujah, he paid a price for my health and wholeness. And all grace abounds toward me, hallelujah. Praise the Lord that, amen, hallelujah, he's working right now behind the scenes. Praise the Lord that no matter what's happening here, praise God, Lord, you got my back. Praise the Lord, Lord, you're, you're, you're speaking to the hearts of these individuals and working on this situation and ha dealing with this and happening, and this is working over here. And, and pretty soon what happens is it starts shifting. Now you're giving place for life and life abundant because you made a choice, come on, to not go down that road. So what is praise? Well, it's the fruit of your lips giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good or to bring benefit to others, right, or to share. That means to be a distributor or a partner, help, amen. So it's talking about good and, share, uh, good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. But he didn't, didn't change the subject. He's still talking also about part of the sacrifice is a sacrifice of praise. Now, I'm going to say this before I let you go. Again, uh, we're not ignorant of the fact that there are some things that go on around us that we wish would never happen. 
And people make decisions and choices that we wish they'd never make. People say things that you wish, please, don't say that. People do things that you wish you go, please, don't do that. Right? It happens. You know, things that go on that, that people's lives are, are, are affected because of their choices. Somebody says, well, it's just not right. No, it's not. It's not right. But for you to turn around and then gripe and complain and voice your displeasure is not helping either. So when we sit here and give voice, all we're doing is giving the enemy place. All he has to do is stand back and laugh while you just open the door wide and say, devil, come on in, ransack my life. All because we had to get that off our chest. Now, this is a word for everybody. I never gripe. Just ask me. Don't ask my wife, but ask me. We've all been here. We've all griped. We've all complained. We've all been there where we've, we've voiced our displeasure. And when you stop and actually get honest with yourself, did it really help anything? No. Did it make something else worse? Probably. And you do it enough, all you've done is kept the door wide open. You know, we have these little, little things on our doors. When you open the door, we have a little thing, and you just pop the little thing down, holds the door open. It's kind of nice when you're bringing stuff in and out, you know, the door's not going to shut automatically on you. Some people, you know, open the door wide to the enemy and pull down a little deal and say, come on. Well, I think it's time to shut that sucker. Shut that door. Huh? But you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to make a purposeful, resolute choice that I refuse to grumble and gripe. They grumbled and they griped to the point that that generation missed the promised land. And until they all died out in the wilderness and the next generation goes in, when they could have went in, but they didn't. Now listen, and again now, Joshua in the end talking to the second generation and said, listen, don't think that what happened to your fathers wouldn't happen to you. Then we read the book of Hebrews and he says to us, don't think what happened to them wouldn't happen to you. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Choose life and not death. Choose the blessing and not curse. Choose abundant life and not the thief coming in the back door. Can I hear a big amen? Give the Lord praise. Come on now. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you. Praise the Lord.
Hallelujah. Now, some of us have a habit. Habit of maybe speaking the negative or finding and focusing on the negative. It's time to just break that habit. And that's why Paul talked about, you know, choose what you're going to meditate on. That's how you break it. Because you've got to first set your attention on that which is good, noble, and just, lovely, perfect, everything a praise worthy, a virtue. Amen. Meditate on these things. And it opens the door for the peace of God to come in on the scene, it says. Peace being wholeness. Okay, so you set your attention on the right things, and it opens the door for God now to do something and turn things around. So whatever it is right now that's going on in your life that you don't like, it's going to be more beneficial for you to get your attention on the right thing so you can change that by allowing the peace of God, which just means wholeness, to come in and change that thing. That's why the word says, call those things that be not as though they are. Don't go around saying, you know, speaking what is, because you never change it then. But you grab that which is not and begin to speak that. It begins to shift and change what's happening. So the same, this is the same principle. So I'm going to start finding what's good. Well, this person is, has got issues. Well, uh, so do you. Now, wait a minute. We're talking about him, not me. We've all got issues. We've all got things we're working through. And don't tell me that you, you haven't affected or hurt or offended somebody else. You'd be a liar if you said that. You might have done that not even knowing you did it, but you did it. And it's no different. We've had the same thing happen to us. And so we, that's why he said, you know, just like you've been forgiven, be willing to forgive. Get your attention off that. Give God room to move. Let God shift this thing. Let the peace of God come into the room, change that thing, turn it around, praise God, life gets better. So regardless of what negative is going around you, if you will just get your words, your mouth, amen, to connect with Him, you've automatically begun to shift some things, amen, and make way for God, amen, where abundant life can manifest, amen, like it's supposed to. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory and honor. Thank you for a people of God that had an ear to hear and a heart to receive today. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding, giving us clarity. Praise God where things are revealed, we can see it. Lord, we want to we uh, be aware of how our enemy operates. We want to be aware of how you operate, praise God. So we're grateful for these principles and understanding it and seeing it uh, as you see it, praise God. So, Father, I give thanks and honor for that. I give you praise for a people, Lord God, choosing life. Lord, forgive us for the times that we made wrong choices, the times that we gave our mouth over this mess. Hallelujah. So I thank you and praise you are faithful and just to forgive us. We receive that. We thank you for that. Praise God. We give praise for that. Praise God. Hallelujah. And now, Lord God, I thank you for a people that choose life. Hallelujah. Day in and day out, make a resolute choice, amen, that your way is the only way. Praise God. And for that, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. 
and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.